Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome along to the Irish Examiner Sports Paper Talk Extra Podcast. I'm Peter McNamara and I'm joined today by Larry Ryan and Martin Claffey to discuss Ireland's disastrous night at the Aviva Stadium on Tuesday night. Later on in the show we'll talk to Martin Gladwin about his, his thoughts on the game, certainly from a dangerous perspective as well. There's some, some very interesting thoughts there. But we're going to begin by looking at primarily the Irish side of course and Martin you know, obviously it goes without saying that there's not one of us sitting down here or anyone around the country wasn't impressed with what happened on Tuesday night. But try and contextualise how bad it actually was. Um, yeah, it was very bad. Um, I think everybody went into the into the game thinking that we maybe had done a lot of the hard work over in Copenhagen. Um, and unfortunately, the, the can of beans, as Thomas did, and he said, simply prize itself open, unfortunately. We we decided, or we didn't decide, but on, we 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 produced our, our our worst defensive display of the whole campaign, uh, and saved it for the the playoffs. Which, I mean, the manager obviously has to take huge responsibility. But uh, I think it's it, it's more than it, it was. It was a perfect storm, really. We had Christian Eriksen probably playing the best football we've seen him of, of internationally or Premier League. We had uh, the manager himself, uh, maybe. Uh, uh, making too many changes at half time and, and basically like whatever shape we had fell apart and then we had the, the individual errors which uh, I mean I don't think anybody could really have um, would have gambled on so it, it all just um, came together at just the wrong time and uh, and uh, yeah it wasn't to be On the first goal Larry um, I was just looking at the uh, detailed viewpoint of it I could be wrong there now, but why was Cyrus Christie on the far post when he was playing right full, when the ball was coming in from the left, first of all? And secondly, if you're going to prop- supposedly mark the post, aren't you supposed to actually mark the post and not be two foot inside it? Yeah, I never, I never thought about that now, actually, Pierre. I, I, like I, would, I wouldn't be too harsh on, on, on lads or those kind of details. Yeah, I mean, I suppose... Some some managers don't want to mark the post at all. I think Martin O'Neill puts a man on both posts or in the in the in, in and around the post, as they say. But um, yeah, I mean the first goal was a bit of a catalogue of errors, I suppose. I mean, uh, uh, what's his name? Although Arthur lined himself up square with um, two square anyway with Sisto, so I mean, who, who could not make them with ease really? And just um, so I mean, there were there was mistakes there, but like I. I and I would I wouldn't get too hung up on 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 losing five one even or getting hammered on the night. It was more because that can happen. We see you know teams go for they, they, you know they chase the game whatever and the game gets away from a couple a couple of goals go in and stuff. I mean it happened to happen to Brazil. You know it happens to happens to all teams. But I think more the way we played over the campaign and over especially the way we played in, in Denmark without going 
without going too dumpy on it, I mean, the, the, the real football people have been a bit... I, I, I've been talking to a few of them over the last few days in terms of guys who look after, you know, academies and new teams and stuff, and they're embarrassed. They're embarrassed watching Ireland play football like that. Um, and having having Denmark more or less laughing at us after the game, really. You know, this is this is really what we expected a bit more. We expected a bit more from Ireland to be able to play, to be able to play like this, you know. Now, I know Denmark were pretty crude in their approach in the first leg as well and I think um, you know their manager is a bit of a sort of a disciple of the long ball game as well although I mean they, you, you saw how they could play when they when the space opened up for them in the second leg but I mean to think that you know after that, to think that that's the best we can achieve at this stage is a bit depressing I'd say for anybody who's interested in football in the country Martin between Martin O'Neill and Giovanni Trapattoni there's been an underlying current um there that you know in their press conferences or something I've noticed throughout the years that it's a there's almost like a condescending manner manner to the players we have now I know we don't have world class players we all agree on that but this kind of the whole it's something I put to Martin Gladwin as well that it's this perception of the, the of the limited you know it's such a primitive kind of view it's a very narrow minded view in my opinion that when anything is put the likes of Martin O'Neill and Giovanni Trapattoni performed that the general response was oh you know we just don't have the players uh, do you not think though that has a, a really negative impact on the mindset of the players um, maybe it does but I think uh, maybe what, what they're saying is actually a reaction to their own position like uh, Effectively, their job isn't to look after the whole of Irish football or the football family. Their job is the national team, and that's all. They're not involved. They haven't been involved in coaching uh, the structure throughout, and they won't be involved in that uh, because they're, they're managing, managing at that level is a two- or four- or six-year contract. That's what it is. Your job is to get the national team to a tournament. If you don't get there, you failed. If you get there, you're a hero or, or some, some class of hero. That's what all they can do. Their hands are tied. They can only, basically, they have to try to look at results first. They have, they have an eight or ten games to actually save their own jobs every year. And if, if they don't do it, well, then their own stock uh, for, for a further job, it, it's gone as well. So I don't think we can actually say sort of that they, 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 have, they, can, they can change the whole concept or how a team... They've got uh, 20 players, 24 players, the best of what we have. Now, maybe are they making the best use of it? That's a different question, and maybe that's something that must be debated. But I can't really see, beyond maybe Sean Shawnee Maguire, who actually, maybe looking back uh, to maybe the Austria game, he, uh, when we had Darren Murphy you know, ploughing a lone furrow up front and John Walters, then like doing dog work behind him. But basically, guys who are maybe on the, heading towards the end of their career, a little bit older, and we've got them trying to get them to... To, to to save us and score goals, we've 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 Shane Long who just can't buy a goal at the moment, and maybe maybe that was the time, and that's the time to be critical. Of maybe like that was the time when we had a, a red hot Sean Maguire, who actually and has has been proving at the championship level anyway so far that he he he, he looks like a, he's he could be comfortable at this level. Um, maybe that's what we actually missed, and that's what we should be looking at. But I don't think that we can actually sort of um, start pointing fingers at the manager for sort of like uh, how they're playing when he has to basically get results. And if they play pretty football and get no results, 
then then the jobs are they they they're going to be blasted out the door, much like Stephen Staunton was, much like Brian Kerr was. Actually, we, we we tend to forget how he was ridiculed towards the end end of his um, term as well. He ended up at the Faroe Islands after us. So for all this talk that we like uh, in recent days, even by our own columnist Liam Brady about bringing him back into the fold, maybe he sh- he does have a place in the fold. But I mean, as a, as our international manager, I don't think that's the future. And there is no standout candidate either beyond Martin O'Neill. So I think we have to get in behind our manager and yes we obviously have to look beyond um, maybe our, our our very direct route at the moment but we still have the that's that's that that has been for the last four years I mean, like like um, the, our, our best way to goal I mean not many goals maybe 12 of them but it, it has been our best way our best way at the points too yeah, I, I think that's a very fair point actually I mean I think like when we appointed Martin O'Neill we knew exactly what we were getting. We know there's no surprise in the way Martin Neal's playing football. We know that's that's the way he liked to play football with uh, with Leicester, with Celtic to an extent. Although it's a bit easier from there um, with Sunderland, definitely. Um, so we're getting what we we wanted from Martin. I think he's done a, he's done a pretty good job playing the way he's playing to an extent. He's got he's got the re- results wise anyway. Whatever about watching the stuff, um, but there's still. <clears throat> And there's a disconnect there over what we want Martin O'Neill to do and what we seem to want all our younger teams to do. I mean, the, the, the FAI pathways, all of that, suggests all these teams should be playing football um, from under 15, under 17, under 19, up along. Um, and we're also making, we're also more or less, the FAI have more or less made the League of Ireland clubs um, field under 13, under 15, under 17 teams to build through this pathway that goes all the way along. But then... When we get to the final step, we, we hire a manager who's going to play a different style of football and we won't even entertain the idea of playing any League of Ireland players in, in the team who, who we supposedly have trusted to look after our young players along the way. Now, maybe, in fairness, it's, it's too early in that process to say, look, it's already, you know, it's, it's not joined up enough yet. We've only been doing it for the last well, three or four years. So maybe we haven't seen the, 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 the fruits of it, you know, but... It does seem if you're to do it, if you're to do the thing logically, you would you would say Stephen Kenny go and manage the the national team, um, and follow through what we are trying to do at all the levels up along. Where there's a lot of former League of Ireland guys involved in in the in the under fifteen, under seventeen, nineteen teams. You know, um, outside of that, I don't know. Scar Europe for a guy. I mean, we're also like, do we do we actually have we actually decided that? Knocking the ball the length of the field is the is the best way of achieving results with our players. You know, I mean, is it? Surely, there's a bit of more modern thinking about it. Um, well, well, this is the other thing as well as because you know there's this theory that, or well, you know, a lot of people say that Martin O'Neill is not exactly the most hands-on a manager as he rocks up late in the day in the week and mm. gives whatever he gives. But players nowadays they need a lot more than that, don't they? They need. They they want to literally be told how to win matches in greater in great detail. Now we don't know that he hasn't been doing that, but I'm just saying in general that they it's down to these minute details. And really, if his whole approach is still being carried out at this present moment in time, it just doesn't cut the mustard really. Well, I mean, look at look at your man Pochettino. I mean, he's like his whole system is is based around high intensity stuff. Um, and you would have thought, and he's and he's got English players to do that, you know. I mean, more like his 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 team is full of English players who you thought might have been able to c- cope technically at the top levels of the Premier League um, up to recently. Um, and you would have thought all oh, this new modern sort of uh, fad for high tempo pressing high up the pitch would actually suit the Irish supposed yeah. 
hard work ethic that we seem to be able to we, we seem to presume that we're going to work harder than everybody else. But like really, if we're sitting in our own penalty and knocking the length of the field, I'm not sure we we necessarily are working as hard as we could be. You know why why don't we play at the other end of the field instead of our, in our own penalty area and take. Uh, would that not be playing the percentages as much almost as the, the approach we took in Copenhagen where we had no chance of getting a goal um, and eventually we'd every, I mean, we, we got lucky that we got away with a nil-nil probably there. So I'm not, is, it, is it really playing the percentages, that, that type of football anymore, you know? Um, just to be fair, actually, just as well about um, uh, maybe this um, high-tempo pressing game and stuff and maybe going beyond sort of the... The, the very direct game that we do play maybe a lot of our players actually I mean uh, have they've come through we'll say academies from from the, like say Robbie Brady who's at Manchester United and whoever else it's funny actually the, the player that is, is our most sort of creative player is a player who came through the League of Ireland uh, Shelburne uh, in the uh, he excelled at Shelburne but it, like for some reason it took so long um, um, for him to be recognised as uh, as as for what for for the for the for the 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 talent he had but but maybe sort of um, that maybe that's a problem that sort of still isn't hasn't been explored either uh, that that a lot of the time there is um, um like snobbery. Well, there is, yeah, the snobbery, and but also like when when we see players uh, going to academies in, in Britain, um, are they always actually getting better coaching than they will get at home? I mean, I'm not sure if that is always the case, um, and perhaps like with the with the new paths in the League of Ireland and with the likes of um, Colin Healy and Damien Duff uh, involved, perhaps that will change as well, and we're going to have a, a hands-on and maybe maybe people who've been through the system in Britain but also have the the grow and love for the Irish game and been through the Irish system as well so maybe the the actual combination of both will actually develop us uh, our, our true game which which we're, which we're still obviously searching for excellent stuff lads my many thanks to Martin Claffey and to Larry Ryan up next we have Martin Gladwin it's not just about the man in front of you it's the team behind you you fight together or you fall together. Only one team can stand tall. Ronan O'Gara, Donal Lenehan and Simon Lewis write exclusively for the Irish Examiner throughout the rugby season. For their brilliant insights on this week's key matches, get behind the Irish Examiner. So we're joined on the Paper Talk Extra podcast by Martin Gladvin, who, of course, was discussing in Examiner Sport about Denmark's chances of going to the World Cup ahead of the playoff. Martin, I'm very glad to have you on the show. Thank you. Congratulations, first of all, on progressing uh, beyond the playoffs on Tuesday night. Were you surprised, though, at how easy it turned out to be in the end? In, in Copenhagen for the first leg you would never have expected them not to be able to score five goals against, against the, the Irish and especially with the, the beginning of, of the game so uh, yeah no, nobody had expected a, a game like, like that and it has really been, been celebrated over here What do you put it down to the difference between the first leg and the second leg what was different from your opinion? Irish got, got the first goal because then you would expect the Irish to be able 
able to do exactly what they did in Copenhagen, which was keeping the Danes away from the goal. So I was, I was mostly I was surprised that, that Denmark was actually able to create uh, so many chances because when they scored the first goal, uh, they had actually created some chances before. Uh, and then, of course, after they had the goal, the Irish had to put more men forward, and, and the Danes could could, could counter. But, but I was I was surprised that, that the Irish were not able to uh, to defend themselves better. So maybe that showed that Okehara, the Denmark manager, was actually right when, when he was compl- complaining as much as he was uh, about the, the pitch in Copenhagen, uh, blaming that for, uh, for Denmark not being able to, to play the passing game that, that he would have, have uh, wanted. Um, he also thanked Martin O'Neill <laughs> kind of yeah. in a tongue-in-cheek yeah, yeah, yeah. tongue manner for for giving Christian Eriksen the space that he got. As actual Tottenham supporter myself and someone that watches Eriksen all the time, I couldn't believe, as an Irish person watching on Tuesday night, how loose the Ireland were in the second half and not shutting him down. Was that kamikaze tactics? Yeah, I mean, I, I, was, I was very surprised. I mean, of course, of course they, had to, they knew they had to score two goals during the second half, but, but I mean, they had 45 minutes to do it. And uh, yeah, I was—I uh, could not understand uh, taking both central central midfielders off, and uh, and yeah, you could you could see that was that was just a gift for for, for Ericsson. I mean, he's so good at finding space, mm. and uh, now he didn't—he didn't really have to find any space. It was given to him. So so yeah, of course, it made a it made a difference uh, for for Denmark, giving them them an option, and, and it also showed that Denmark they have they have some different. Uh, ways of ways of playing, and that's what we have actually shown during this World Cup qualifiers. That that Harald is able to to adapt to 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 how the, the opponent is playing, and maybe that that is a difference to this Denmark team to what we have seen before. But yes, it's it was a it was a strange way. It, it was a strange reaction by by Emil, um, and 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 in, in Denmark we really didn't didn't understand why he did. Maybe he felt desperate because because he's not used to see his. his Scoring uh, three goals in, in a game, and he knew that he, he had to do something special to to get the two two goals in, in the second half. Just just on Ericsson specifically, I suppose yeah. the last time he missed out, the, he missed when he missed out the last major tournament that had a big effect on him. His form dipped, and there was a lot of interviews being done and stuff like that. And it was said at the time that he he took it pretty badly. Is it kind of come full circle for him now? Is it almost kind of vindication of where he was at then? He was younger then, but he he's just developed into this amazing player, and for him to achieve that goal, it must be it must have been particularly sweet for him on a personal level, I'd imagine. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm really happy for him. I I've all, always admired him, him him deeply. I mean, he's he's such a professional player. I mean, he's so focused and uh, always trying to to improve himself. Uh, I would imagine. But after the game on Tuesday, he was he was maybe also cool. he was he was happy and he would celebrate, but he would probably only celebrate for an hour, and then he would be thinking about the next step, uh, play for Tottenham in the weekend against Arsenal. He would he would think how how would I arrive to the World Cup in, in, the, in the best condition? He has always been improving himself. He's always taken it step by step, and um, and I and I think it's really deserved that he has uh, he has he has got this far. And it is kind of, of, of surprising. I was writing it for, for your paper as well that he didn't really uh, step up when he was playing under Morten Olsen because this should be uh, on, on the same uh, playing the same philosophy. I mean, both with the, the Ajax background, and now he's actually merging on the Harald. It was much more pragmatic, but it also shows how what a talent he is. I mean, he could, he could 
play for for any team in the world, it doesn't really need to be to to be at a team uh, that plays any specific uh, style. I mean, mm. Denmark is, is dependent on Eriksen, but they're dependent on, on him in a, in a good way. I mean, sometimes you could see uh, teams being dependent on a player, but also having to to really uh, set everything up for this player to be able to to lead the team. And Eriksen doesn't need it. Um, he He's a, he's, a, he's a star of Denmark, of course, but he's also a team player, and that's that's pretty impressive, I believe. I, I think for a long while, probably up until, we say, the end of last year to the start of this year, I thought he was in some, some way underwhelming when I watched him with the club. I, go, like I, always, I always felt he had more to give. But since the start of yeah. this year, he has taken his game to another level. Yeah, I mean, I mean what... What I have seen also at Tottenham is that now he is also performing against top clubs. I mean, it was a great point, like yeah. a breakthrough moment when he scored against Real Madrid in, in, in mm. the Champions League, and that, that's the story of Eriksen. I mean, he has been a talent since he was a teenager, but he's gone step by step, and maybe that's also why, uh, for example, this summer there were a lot of rumors should he go to Barcelona. Maybe that's what they were thinking back then. Uh, but still, Eriksen, yeah, he's a good player, but we haven't really seen him. Uh, take Tottenham to a Champions League semi-final or win the Premier League or do anything at an international t- tournament. Uh, that, that's maybe uh, the, the step he hadn't taken, but but it seems like he's really he's doing that now. So 2018 could be, could be an, an Ericsson year. I mean, Tottenham um, could have a very very interesting spring in the Champions League and now with the World Cup. So um, it's going to be really interesting. Looking from the outside in to the Irish situation. What do you think needs to be done for Ireland to really compete at when it matters? Like they crumble on, on Tuesday night. What do you think, looking from the outside, looking in, needs to be done for Ireland to come to, to reach major finals like the World Cup on a more regular basis? I mean, having watched, watched Ireland, I remember I was also commentating your, your player for, for, for Europe or for, for Danish TV. I mean, Seeing the materials that, uh, that, that you have at, at the moment, I think you would have to say that, that Martin O'Neill has actually done a good job. I mean, bringing, bringing Ireland to, to the Euros, getting out of the group stage, that was a good result. Getting Ireland to, to the playoffs ahead of, ahead of, of, of Wales, uh, ahead of Austria, that's also a pretty good result because when, when you see at, at, at the players, I mean, there is no doubt that Denmark should be the stronger team. I mean, Denmark has several players who are playing in the Champions League. Ireland has, has none at the moment. And so, so when you look at Ireland, it is, of course, a team set off to, to be well-organized, to defend, and, and maybe the, the, there's good reason to, to do it like that from, from O'Neill's part, because you don't, maybe you don't really have the players at the moment to, to, play, to play differently. And so, so, yeah, so, 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 so I, I suppose you would, you would yourself know, know it better than, than, than I do, but, but looking from the outside, it is, it is, of course, a lack of talent a lack of uh, ability to, to dictate the, the games and create the games by, by themselves. And, and I would say that you could succeed uh, at an international tournament by defending. You saw a lot of team playing for that at, at the Euros, but still in the long, on the long term, you have to be able to, to, to dictate the games yourself, play the games yourself. So maybe trying to focus more on, on creating, on, on bringing through some talent, this technical gift to players, but maybe that's something that should be looked at. But of course, I'm not, not a specialist. Over here, a lot of people believe, though, that the likes of Harry Arthur playing yeah. with Bournemouth and, you know, he's a more expe- expressive player under Eddie Howe than he is for, 
for Ireland. And like, there's a theory that yeah. you know, you know, there is a theory that when Martin O'Neill goes into his press conferences and says, "Look, we're limited, we're limited, we're limited," that I'm, surely that has a negative impact on the players' mindsets, even subconsciously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that could be. That could be. Especially Harry Arthur, which you mentioned, I, I commentate the Premier League also for, for NEC TV, and, and, and I, I totally agree with you when I see him at home, but it, it was a different player that I saw from uh, for, for, for the national team. So yeah, so yeah, that's, uh, that's, that might be a, a point as well. And just just lastly, Martin, just in the overall landscape of the World Cup, it's a, obviously we're a few months down the road, but at this present moment in time, it, it, would you agree that it's still very difficult to look outside of France, Germany, and Brazil, and particularly Brazil, who look unbelievable on paper? Um, those three, and I would, I would, I would, uh, I would take Spain as well. I mean, I think um, what has happened in, in Spain after after the the Euros has been uh, quite impressive, actually. I wasn't too sure about the, the new coach, Julian Lopetegui, who had no experience from from uh, La Liga as a manager, but he has been. Very, very good at, at what he has yeah. done. He's really um, uh, he's put a lot of pressure on, on some of the older players, bringing some of the new players through, and uh, and Spain has really stepped up. So I would I would take Spain within the, those group of those four teams: Brazil, France, Germany, Spain. Those yeah, funnily would enough, be the, the top priorities. Funnily enough, when I watched Spain against Italy and they just dismantled Italy, I think it was three 0 was. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. And I just, I just thought, you know, geez, this this team are really revitalised. They look like a different unit. And I actually love Spain from from previous years. They've been so they've been a breath of fresh air to the game. And like they, they certainly, certainly should definitely include them. I, you would have to say that like, it's hard to see outside the rows four, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough one for. Uh, I mean that of course in Denmark now we are we are discussing the scenarios with the seedings and Denmark will be in the uh, in part three so of course the fear is that you could get Spain from uh, part two and then maybe Brazil from the, from part one and then it's going to be, be very difficult. It would certainly be entertaining anyway. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. Martin Gladwin, thank you very much for your time in today's podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 